everyone, and welcome back to the Fellowship Greenville Student Ministry Podcast. This week, we've got a very special message as one of our very own students, Ella Grace Williams, is sharing her story of faith. She focuses specifically about the theme of perfectionism in her life and how it has surfaced time and time again, and how Jesus has continually been revealing to her that every ounce of perfect required of any of us has already been achieved through him and given to us as a great gift that we receive through faith. So, we hope you're having a great week, and we hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, so like Rachel said, my name is Ella Grace. I'm one of the high school interns here. And um, today I do get to share a little bit of my story with you guys and um, how the Lord has been working in my life for the past uh, few years and especially over the past uh, year and a half or so. Um, Before I kind of jump into it tonight, I do have two things to tell you. And the first one is that I am very nervous to be up here today. This is um, pretty far out of my comfort zone. But for probably the last six months, I've kind of felt the Lord um, pushing me to um, take this step and um, be brave and do that specifically through sharing my story um, in smaller groups and then like, and now um, on stage. And the second thing is, um, for a long time, I um, devalued my story and kind of um, thought that it was less valuable because... um, It's not this big um, Jesus moment and I didn't go through something super hard in my life. I've grown up in church and I've I've always known about Jesus and um, known the right answers and all these things. And for a while, I thought that because I didn't have this big miraculous um, kind of story, that that meant that my story was less valuable and that that meant that it was less valuable to God and that meant that it was less valuable to other people. And um, I just want you guys to know, like if you're in the room tonight and that is something that you've struggled with or that you're currently struggling with, like, please know that your story has value to other people and it has value to God. And um, our stories are one of the main ways that uh, other people get to experience God and get to experience his goodness and his glory. And so um, keeping quiet about your story um, is not only hurting you, but it it may be hurting somebody else. So um, be brave and take that step and share your story. Um, if that's something you feel like the Lord is calling you to. So kind of jumping into it, um, when I was five years old, my family um, started foster care for the first time, and it quickly became the, the normal thing to have kids in our um, home who had pretty significant uh, spiritual and emotional and physical needs. And they were, they were always pretty immediate needs, and they, they needed to be met. And foster care is a beautiful thing, and it's very... Um, redemptive and it's a super, it's a beautiful story. But one thing that, um, because these kids that were in our homes had these um, pretty significant needs, I, as the oldest um, kid in my family, began to feel this pressure that because there were so many needs, so many needs around me, that I needed to be the kid who didn't need anything. And so this began to play out in school. Um, I thought that I had to do my homework on my own, I had to study for tests on my own, I had to get good grades on my own. I couldn't ask my parents for help because if I did, then that would be putting more of a burden on them and that would mean that that um, took time away from what they needed to be focused on. And this wasn't true and it wasn't, it wasn't something that my parents put on me. Um, it was something that I began to believe that I had to be the perfect kid and never need anything 
because my needs were a burden to, to my parents and to other people around me. So from an early age, this, um, this lie of perfection began to kind of take place in my life. And I began to, especially in school, I struggled with um, performance and how I looked to other people, how I looked to my teachers, how I looked to my friends, um, to my siblings, to my parents. And I thought that I had to get the best grades and had to um, do well in school because that's what I thought defined me. And I didn't want... Um, anyone else to feel like I was a burden or I was a bad kid. Um, so I began to work as hard as I could. I began to um, work really hard on studying and homework and all these things. And it also happened um, with sports and especially around the house. I thought that I had to um, help, help my parents as much as I possibly could and be the best kid that I could be, help out with my siblings and do all these things so that um, my parents would love me more and that I would think um, that I was perfect and that everybody else would think that I was perfect as well. And this, this standard of perfection that I had set for myself, it, it kept rising. Every time I would get close to this um, line of, Ellie Grace, you're the perfect kid, um, that, that standard of perfection would rise. Like, have you, I'm sure you guys have heard the, the phrase, practice makes perfect. I think, I think all of us have heard this probably at some point in our lives from our teachers or our parents or friends or coaches. Um, and I was, I was thinking about this with Matt the other day and we were just kind of thinking about how, um, does practice actually make perfect? Like, like I can practice as hard as I possibly can for a test or a quiz or whatever it is. And may, maybe I'll get that 100 and maybe I'll reach that standard of perfection that I set for myself. And maybe I won't. Like, maybe I will have practiced as hard as I possibly could, but maybe I still won't reach that standard of perfection. And, and even when I do, maybe, um, maybe the next time that I uh, take a quiz or a test, I'll, I'll wanna go even higher. That standard of perfection that I had for myself will have risen the next time. And I'll want to get bonus points and get 102 or 105, or I will want to um, study less and still get that perfect score. And that will be how that um, standard of perfection kind of um, rises. It's like you, when perfection kind of um, starts to run your life, you, you think that um, pouring yourself into practice or into doing better or working harder, um, it kind of becomes everything and it becomes, um, it, it always, it, you're always thinking about it, you're always um, trying as hard as you can to perform. And you begin to lose sight of the thing that you're, not the thing that you're working towards, but the, the joy that you find in a sport or the learning that takes place when you're preparing for a test. You begin to lose sight of kind of what it is that you're actually doing. It's like, have you guys ever um, done one of those Bible reading plans and you, you print out the paper or the bookmark or whatever it is and it has the checkbox and then it has the date and then it has out to the side, it has like a scripture that you read. So you're trying to read like a certain book of the Bible in a month. So it'll say like December 1st, read Genesis 1 and December 2nd, read Genesis 2 and it goes all the way through. And December 1st, you got it, you do good, you do great. December 2nd, done, you did your reading. December 3rd, you got it. December 4th, you're good. December 5th, you wake up, 
past your alarm, but you still get it in before you go to bed that night. And then December 6th, you completely miss it. So you wake up the next morning on December 7th and you realize that you didn't do December 6th. And so essentially you have three options. Option number one is you can double up and read yesterday's reading and today's reading, not, um, not for the purpose of doing the reading, but for the purpose that you can check off that box and know that you did that and look at how good you are because you checked off your box. Or you can scratch the whole plan altogether, which I mean, a lot of us I think would probably choose that option. I know I would. I really struggle when I miss something like that. Like, it's this idea of I didn't do this how I was supposed to do it, so I'm a failure. And I failed at this, and because I failed at this one thing, that means that I'm a failure. And the third option is you can give yourself grace and you can read yesterday's reading today and not feel the pressure to catch up and not feel the pressure to perform and um, just check off, check off the checkbox, but um, you can do it and learn from the scripture. And you know what, maybe, maybe when you get to the end of the month or whenever your plan's supposed to end, you still have a couple more days to do because you missed a few days here and there, but, but you, ha- you find joy in, in reading this and... Um, so you, you get to do those extra days. And I think that this, um, this is probably the approach that um, Jesus would want us to take, is to take the approach that offers us grace and the approach that, um, where we're not putting so much pressure on ourselves. So if you have your Bibles, um, if you'll turn to Ephesians 2, and we're gonna read verses one through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses of your, and the, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ." By grace you have been saved and raised, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in him. This passage, there's, this passage, there's a lot that I could um, stand up here and unpack, and I think a lot of it really speaks for itself. But the, the one um, kind of key point that really sticks out to me is um, the, the part where it's talking about, uh, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works. And that was something that really um, just kind of hit me hard was, like nothing that I could ever do is going to make me more saved, is gonna save me, is gonna make me look like look better in God's eyes. It's never gonna um, change what he did for me on the cross. And um, nothing 
like, there's nothing that I can do to mess up my salvation because um, Jesus' grace is not based on works and it's not based on um, what we do, but it's based on what he did. And then um, the last verse says, we are his workmanship, um, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which um, God prepared for us beforehand. And so because of this grace that he's given us, we get to, and we, we don't have to, but we get to um, walk in gratitude and work hard for the Lord and um, do the things that he's called us to out of gratitude for what he did, on, did for us on the cross and not because um, we think that that's gonna earn us something or earn us uh, earn our way to heaven or whatever, but because we are so incredibly grateful for what he did um, for us on the cross. Kind of jumping back into my story a little bit, um, all throughout elementary school, this same theme continued of uh, perfection, especially in school, especially at home, um, some in sports, but um, it was primarily school and I, I wanted my teachers and I wanted my friends and my parents to think that I was the best. I was the, the best kid and the smartest and the funniest and all these things that I thought were gonna make me, per, me look perfect. And in middle school, I had a friend um, come up to me and tell me, oh Grace, your life always just looks so put together. And I was like, oh? And then I was like, oh. And that like all of a sudden became my driving motivation, like even more than it, than it had already been because I wanted more people to say, oh, E.G., you, you, your life looks so good from the outside. And I started to build up walls and um, put up things that, that kept um, that image up that my life was perfect. And so I wanted my teachers to say, oh my goodness, Ellie Grace, you're, you're such a great student. You're, you're so smart. I wanted my parents to say, Ellie Grace, good job. Good job. And um, yeah, it just, it became what drove me was not, um, it wasn't working hard for Jesus out of gratitude. It was working hard so that I looked good to people around me. And this kind of um, all continued into, into freshman and sophomore year of high school where I wanted to hang out with the right friends and to get good grades still and um, do all these things, and eventually, uh, especially through COVID, I kind of realized that I was working myself to exhaustion. Like, this is not a lifestyle that anyone can maintain with working hard in school and sports and having a social life, and all these things, like going, going, going all the time was not something that I could maintain for myself. And, um, and when COVID hit, I remember for a while feeling really upset about it because all of a sudden school wasn't as easy as it normally was. We weren't sitting in a classroom and we were learning differently and friendships weren't easy anymore. Um, we couldn't see each other, we were in our houses. And um, I remember feeling one day like, there's something that I desire out of this and I don't know what it is. And, but slowly I kind of, um, began to realize that that thing that I was desiring was consistency. And I, there was nothing, it felt like there was nothing consistent in my life at that time. And so when COVID kind of let up just a little bit, I started coming back to FGS. Um, before that, I had come to church 
pretty consistently on Sunday mornings and would maybe be here on Sunday nights about once a month. And, and when I did come, I still wanted that um, perfection to be seen. So I would um, pull up the Spotify playlists and listen to the songs before and plan out when I was gonna raise my hands or whatever, because I wanted everybody to think like, oh my goodness, look at her, she's so close to Jesus, when in reality, like I was so far away. And um, just through coming back to FGS, I've kind of um, learned a lot about grace and I learned, I've learned a lot about um, Jesus and I've gotten to know him more instead of just knowing about him. And I could talk for hours about um, what this ministry has done for me and what the people in this room have done for me, but it's just, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing to me how, like to look back and see how broken I was and how exhausted I was from this life of striving and trying to perform and all these things and, and just realizing like, I don't, I don't have to do that anymore because Jesus did something amazing on the cross for me and now I get to live freely and, live in that. And, and that's not to say that I, I don't struggle with um, performance a lot still. I still, it's, a, it's still a daily fight of um, how, I want people to, I want people to look at me and see this good Christian girl who does everything right and makes good grades and has good friends. And, and I, all, I have to remember um, so much um, just about this idea of grace, about Jesus died on the cross for you and he, um, he performed this amazing act of love and compassion for us and, and now you don't have to strive anymore. You don't have to strive for um, people to like you because Jesus already loves you and he already um, says that, you, that you're redeemed by him. Um, overall, there's really three main things that I have learned um, about grace. And the first one is that grace allows us to rest. Um, there's this book I love, it's called Finish, and it's all about this idea of perfection and um, our goals and what, what keeps us from um, completing those goals. And there's this, there's this chapter in it called Choose Something to Bomb. And it's, it's all about this principle that there are things in our life that we all feel called to. Um, and there are things that we don't. And there are also smaller mundane tasks that take up a lot of time that we don't need to be spending our time on. And so, um, so essentially you, you figure out what the big things in your life are and then you figure out these smaller things that you can bomb. And for me that has, my parents will laugh, but um, has been my car. Like, I don't have a ton of time to clean my car during the week. So that's something that I just, I just know that I'm gonna bomb during the week and maybe, maybe on the weekends I'll clean it up and if I don't have time, maybe I won't. But um, that's just, it's something that I choose to not do when I'm really focusing on something else, really focusing on something that I feel called to or something that needs to get done. And that has helped me a lot with, um, with the idea of rest of I, that um, choosing not to do some things allows me to rest more. And it is also an act of rest in itself to choose 
um, not to do some things. The second thing is that grace frees us up to share our stories without um, needing and desiring recognition. So exactly six months ago today, um, almost down to the time I was sitting in Jackson, Mississippi with a team of people, a lot of whom are in this room right now. And I was listening to our trip leader say that he needed two people to share their testimonies in church tomorrow. About three weeks before that, I had written my name down on this paper that said um, teaching team, and there were three spots. And I, I didn't know what it was, and I just, I wrote my name down. I wasn't really paying attention when they explained what it was. And, and so all of a sudden, I'm hearing this guy say, um, I need three people, or two people to share. And I was like, what? And, and before that, I had texted Rachel and said, hey, Rachel, what is this teaching team thing? And she told me, um, if, you, if we need people to share in church or share their testimonies at any point during this trip, like that will be you. And I was like, um, okay, so how likely that I will have to do anything? And she said, 99% sure you won't have to do anything. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And so imagine my surprise when we're sitting in this circle and this guy's like, we need two people. And I'm like, so my, my heart starts beating a little faster. And, but then I remember there's two other people on that team. So I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. It was two guys, two guys that knew their stories well and could articulate them well. And I was like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. And then he's like, I need a guy and a girl. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do anymore. So all that to say, I ended up sharing my story um, the next morning at church and I, I literally held my notebook and, and just read it off. But the, the most interesting thing about that was outside of our team and outside of the people that were there serving, um, nobody ever, nobody from that church ever came up and told me like, good job, like your story was so impactful and um, you, did, you did a really great job, whatever it was. Um, and for a while, I kind of was annoyed by that or maybe a little angry about that. But when I was um, preparing to share, with, share tonight, I was thinking back to that and thinking about how that was the best possible um, outcome because it showed me that I didn't have to perform my story anymore. It didn't have to be a performance. It didn't have to look perfect and it was okay um, for me to do that and to do it without receiving any recognition for it ever. And so it was just a really cool opportunity that I don't think um, I would have seen if I hadn't um, had the opportunity to share my story. But yeah, I mean, it was super cool to um, really have that tangible experience of why I didn't have to perform anymore and why my story wasn't a performance and um, how it was still something that could be used by God even if I never heard about how it was used. And the last thing that grace has taught me is that grace pushes us towards excellence, not perfection. So you might be thinking, uh, e.g., excellence and perfection are the same thing. Or maybe you're not, but um, perfection for me in my life has been striving and working and um, trying to perform 
for the world and um, striving to do what the world tells me and to be good enough for the world and be good enough for other people. And excellence has been um, working hard out of gratitude for Jesus and for what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so um, in my life, um, perfection has said, you have to do everything and you have to do everything perfectly. And excellence has said, you can do the things that you love and choose some things to fail at and to not do. Um, Perfection has said the world defines you based on how good you are, how good you do, how successful you are, how much money you have, um, how skinny you are, how whatever it is. Um, and, And excellence says, no, Jesus defines you. Jesus says the truest thing about you is that you are made and loved by him. And there's nothing that you can do ever to unearn that and to... Um, disqualify yourself from those things. Perfection says you have to pay your own way. You have to do everything in your power to pay your way to heaven. And excellence says Jesus already paid the way for you. Jesus already accomplished everything that needed to be accomplished on the cross and there's nothing else um, that, that you can do to Save, your, save yourself because Jesus um, has already done that for you. So overall, um, I've, just, I've seen this theme of perfection just continue throughout my life, and, um, but I've also seen it redeemed in, in super cool ways. And the Lord has taught me a lot through um, this idea that, that I don't have to perform anymore and I don't have to look perfect on the outside or I don't have to be perfect for other people and I can, um, I can really um, do the things that matter to me and that I feel called to in my life and not worry about what other people are thinking because I already know um, how Jesus sees me and how, how um, he loves me and, and what he's done for me on the cross and um, It's just been a really cool experience, and let's pray. (laughs) Dear Jesus, thank you. Um, Thank you for your grace and and for what you did for us on the cross. And um, I just, I pray over this room tonight that we would um, come to experience your grace more fully, and we would know that we don't have to perform anymore because because of what you did for us on the cross and that we would be able to um, strive for excellence and not perfection and that we would be able to rest well and we would be able to share our stories even when it's hard and when it's scary and we don't um, feel like that's something that we're equipped to do. And I just just pray that you would help us to live um, freely knowing that, that you accomplished everything that needed to be accomplished on the cross.